What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa. And tonight, you guys, we have a fantastic episode in store for you guys. I hope you guys are having an amazing week, as am I. I'm so glad that this week is over, however. And I'm so glad to be talking some sports with you on this Friday night. And with and in doing so, I obviously had to go out and get another special guest. Unfortunately, Tyler is out tonight. He's celebrating one of his friend's 21st birthday, so he couldn't make it tonight, unfortunately. He, he gave me enough notice, so... Uh, you know, I'm going to let him have his night. So I, and I ended up going out and getting, getting a good, getting a good guest host of mine. I ended up meeting him just this year. So I'm really excited for what we have in store for, for tonight, for tonight's episode. So without any further ado, let me welcome the, the guest tonight, tonight's show, Cam Suve. Cam, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. No sports on tonight, so I'm ready to talk about sports. Exactly. I mean, you kind of get drained of it and then, and you know, you, you're not left with anything. And it's like, it's like, oh, shoot, like, what am I going to do now? And it's like, all right, mine's yeah, just football. trying to play on Friday night. I got nothing to do. It, it pretty much. Listen, I, when, whenever sports isn't on for a sports talk show, it's probably the best thing that can happen. Cause usually there's no breaking news. That's going to come in and like, and like basically you make, you have to scrap your whole show. So oh, I don't know. Yeah. We still got Red Sox free agency. Oh, I mean, listen, if the Red Sox sign like Javi Baez in like the next 30 minutes, I'll be through the moon and I'll, oh, that'll hey, be I like, got Twitter notifications on. We're good. Perfect. So if anything happens, please let me know. And I'll just like, edit. I'll edit anything that happens in this episode. That's obviously good news to have, but Cam, obviously we ended up, we ended up meeting each other this year through, uh, through our podcasting class with Mike Montecalvo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that, that's been an amazing course so far. I, I absolutely love that course. Uh, how, how, how have you been feeling about that so far? This I, I really enjoyed it. This is my first comm class. I'm a yeah. politics and law major, but I love sports. So really I, I'm enjoying it. I listen to podcasts all the time. Absolutely. This is kind of just like a free gimme class and I didn't think I'd actually enjoy it, but here I am. I mean, man, I'm, I'm heavily enjoying it. You ended up asking me to come on uh, one of your podcasts for, for the class. And we had a great time. We ended up, t- we ended up, you know, shooting the, shooting the, you know, what had a great time. And obviously I'm now glad to have you on my, on my show as well. So I think it's time now that we actually get into the sports talk of the night. And I think that we got to start off with something that has made the headlines in, I, be- I believe, about the last day or so. It, this actually just came up and, you know, really shaped the entire episode of what I was going to be talking about tonight. And that is surrounding Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown. The man is back in the news again. And I can't I can't with this guy. He's he's always listen. Antonio Brown is always up to something. And I mean, do, do you remember when do you remember when and when whenever you would hear about Antonio Brown, it, it, it would just be like, oh, oh, what a nice punt return by him. Or, oh, I, or I remember the first Antonio Brown news I can think of is just when he kicked the punter in the face. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> I mean, but that was on the football field. It, it was like, it was exactly. like, ah, yeah, it was like, it was like, listen, a B that's just, you know, what happens? Like, yep. but majority of the time, like any a B story, it, it, it was just like, Oh, Antonio Brown, you know, one of the best wide receivers in football. It's what he does. And that was always the a B news. And then it came to the, it came to the year he went to the Raiders. <laughs> came to 2019 and everything just went down the freaking gutter. I think that when Vontez perfect laid that hit on him, man, something, got, <laughs> so, so, something, in, sense out of him. something in his brain got rewired. I'm, I, I really hope, I really hope that he, that, you know, he actually doesn't have like severe, like brain damage as a result of it, but you see the stuff that goes on with that man. And it, and it makes you question things every day. I mean, he ended up, you know, requesting a trade of the Raiders and eventually ended up getting released from them before he even played a single down of football yep. with them. Uh, you know, you think of all the controversies with him. He flew into training camp on a hot air balloon. He, he ended up getting frostbite on his feet for going in a cryotherapy chamber. I mean, you know, he, he keeps on doing stuff. And this, and this, these events. Can't forget about even, the helmets either. Yeah, you can't even. Oh, my God. The helmets, the freaking helmets. You can't even with this guy. So it doesn't even end with A.B., and it doesn't even end with the Raiders or with the Patriots, even with the Buccaneers, he's still creating controversy. And I'll get into the event that he's now causing, but you know, I, I, you know, he went to the Buccaneers and I'm like, Oh, perfect situation for the guy. He's, uh, he's playing with Tom Brady again, which he wanted to play with mm-hmm. and everything seemed like it's lining up. And then I remember getting a, I remember hearing a story from him that the man legit threw a bike at a security guard shack down while he was down in Florida, like last year. And I didn't even he, get to read that. I knew he, oh, I knew he was disrespectful to security, but oh, he, he had, threw the bike. yeah, he threw a bicycle at the man. You want to know his response? He ended up saying, yeah, man, I lost my cool that day. I'm like, bro, yeah, yeah. you're okay. lost. your lost. your cool. And I'm, so listen, whenever I hear Antonio Brown news news now, it, it just become it just becomes, oh, that guy. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, unfortunately, it leads us to 
Oh, shoot. Pause that. Go back. All right, guys. Sorry about that. Something weird just happened with, with the recording there. So I uh, just wanted to stop that and make sure everything was all set. Uh, but, you know, as I was talking about with AB, the some of the biggest news happening with him right now across the sports world that just broke yesterday is that he's being accused of acquiring a fake vaccine card by his and by all people to accuse him of this. This isn't a team doctor. This isn't like some some like, you know, some insider. The person accusing him of doing so is his former chef. <laughs> You can't I mean, pick I've, it up. You really can't. I, I mean, have you? I mean, listen. Apparently, his chef, the, his chef's name is Stephen Ruiz, or his former chef, rather. And the reason he's accusing him of this is because his girlfriend, uh, it's because Antonio Brown's girlfriend, or I believe at the time, ended up approaching the chef and asking him and asking him where where she could acquire like fake vaccine cards for both for both her and Antonio Brown. And apparently, you know, apparently it was alleged that Antonio Brown got a Johnson and Johnson vaccine card, and I'm just like. I'm just like, and everything is like so sketchy. And listen, there's so much controversy surrounding this, but I'll pass it off to you before I before I do a deeper dive in it. I know I've been talking for a while, so obviously, man, how are you feeling about this? I it's just another thing. It's Antonio Brown. Honestly, I've come to expect it at this point. It's just controversy after controversy. I, I mean, there's really no way to prove that there's a fake vaccine card, unless I'm mistaken. But I don't really think you can. So yeah. I don't know really. I don't know how accurate the report is. Maybe he just fired a chef and the chef's out to get him. But let's be honest, that's probably not the case. I think it's very clear that he just didn't want to get vaccinated because he's Antonio Brown. You know, just another controversy here. So it doesn't surprise me at all. Just AB being AB. Yeah. It's disappointing, and I mean, really. It, it, it's disappointing. And he's and listen, I, I don't care where, where you stand on the whole vaccine thing. I, I if, if you don't mm-hmm. want to get it and I, it, like my show isn't like I, I, it's become so political at this point. And, you know, that's not even that's not really what I like to talk about on my show. But uh, I'm glad whether, to hear. You, yeah, no, absolutely. So whether you want to get it, whether you don't want to get it, fine, you know, do your thing. But when it comes to you, like faking credentials and then lying mm-hmm. about stuff in like the case of like what what people are now doing with the Aaron Rodgers situation, that's when it becomes, you know, very that's when it becomes like a different situation. If, if it's just what, listen, I. I, you can say what you want about Kyrie Irving, but at the same time, but he's come out and he said, and he's just said, I'm not getting vaccinated. And yeah, we know well, regard- I'm on record as being one of the biggest Kyrie haters in the world. I think he's a lying snake. Yeah, but I appreciate the fact that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't lie in this situation. No, nope, and exactly. So with Antonio Brown, I mean, he's also not the only high high profile athlete to fake vaccine credentials. I I was yep. I was mentioning. Uh, you think of Evander Kane with the San Jose Sharks. He oh. he. I, I believe I believe that was official. He did actually. Yeah, so that was proof. That was absolutely proved. Yeah, I mean that one was terrible, and because like you know you're 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 playing hockey, you're going over the border yep. constantly. So uh, like, look you're, at the Senators; they have a breakout right now. Yeah, you're gonna get checked for that. So you know, there's so many there's so many things going on with the whole AB thing, and like even even if the chef is making stuff up, why is AB bringing so many toxic people into his life like this? It's just AB. He is toxic. That's. <sighs> It's, I mean, it's you got to so look bad. at the big picture too. If he is in fact lying about it, he could, he's putting his teammates in danger. Say one of their teammates is immune compromised or their wife is immune compromised and they bring that home. And I mean, in the long grand scheme of things, a football player is probably in a good immune system where that's yeah. not going to affect them. But you got to think about uh, just don't be so selfish. Like yeah. if you don't want to get it, say you don't have the vaccine. It, yeah. It's just AB being AB drives me insane. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, I, I think the NFL now, they basically I, I think they put out a memorandum or something yesterday say, saying that, you know, they're going to be treating everyone regardless of vaccination status. They're going to be going to like older protocols where they're testing everyone, I think, weekly again, because mm-hmm. they're, they're saying there's like a surge in cases. So as maybe in the long scheme of things, like everyone's going to essentially be under the same protections. But again, when when you're fake, when you're pos- again, it's all alleged at this point and you're allegedly faking. Yeah, exactly. There's mm-hmm. there's so many things that can just go wrong for you. And listen, I you want to you want to say that ab is that the ab is being framed but with all the crap that ab's done it's really tough to to, yeah. to you to, can't to, take his side in pretty much anything he's never I mean, done the right thing i will say this though bruce arians did come out and he, he ended up saying oh we did our due diligence we believe he's vaccinated so mm-hmm. and and another thing too is it the the report doesn't all, the report doesn't actually claim that antonio brown is unvaccinated it claims that he has the card yeah, that, the he, he, card. That's he, correct. he yeah. could he could he could have received a vaccine in the time since absolutely so absolutely. That, that's still within the realm of possibilities and man i just got to tell you 
I've been doing this show. It'll be two years that, that I've been doing the show in February that, you know, mm -hmm. since I started, since I started it, I freaking hate the majority of it. I've had to talk about COVID on at least, at no. least on the majority of my episodes, COVID's come up in some capacity. I believe and, it. I believe it. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, listen, I know it's still out there. I know that like, they're still like developing things with it. And you know, I, like with guys like being out for COVID, that's like a different story, but yeah. With all these, like, there's so much drama that doesn't need to be had. And Antonio Brown is just like another guy stirring the freaking pot. Hey, that's just typically AB. I think it's very clear. You know how I feel about him by now. Yeah, no, I, I, I have a very, I have very similar feelings. I mean, listen, when the Pats brought him over in, in 2019, I was through the moon. I was ecstatic. I can tell you where I was. I was yeah. walking out of my job at Dollar Tree. I looked <laughs> down on my phone and got the notification for a Shefty bomb. Patriot sign Antonio Brown once he passes through waivers or something. I was through the roof. I can tell you where I was. I was, I was here my freshman year at Bryant, and like classes hadn't started yet. They were doing like orientation sessions, and they had like a bingo session over at uh over in like one of the buildings. Like obviously Bryant Bryant University, big bingo school here. Uh, <laughs> we ended up so they were having a bingo session, obviously to do some giveaways. And I remember just like I, I walk at my my friend John calls me. And he's been on the show before and he calls me and he, and he goes, I need to talk to you right now. And he, I'm like, what's up? And he, and he goes, yo, the past just signed AB. And I'm, I end up going on Twitter. I'm seeing all the, the notifications come through. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm, I, I like walk back into the bingo meeting and the, the like bingo thing. But, and at Bryant, there's like 150 people in like a bingo room. It's, it makes no sense. But I, I walk back in and I, and like, no one knows. I'm, I'm like, I'm like through the mood and everyone's just looking at me and, and they're basically like, dude, what is your problem? I'm just like, we signed AB. We signed a yeah. Oh, I, I get it. I was blowing up the fantasy football group chat the second I got the notification. That was an amazing 11 days. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great 11 days. Uh, Day 12 hey. wasn't so great. Yeah, no, things didn't go too good. There were some, uh, obviously, some unfortunate events, and then AB mm -hmm. just was never seen again until he came back. Uh, it, it's so bad, man. I mean, it's a shame. He's, he's an incredible football player. It's just he can't oh my get God. his mind right. The man caught the man caught what two touchdowns in the Super Bowl last year? A touchdown in the Super Bowl last year? I'm, my mind is he definitely caught one. I'm not sure. I know he, he caught, caught one. Two. Yeah, I, th I mean he caught a touchdown in the Super. Yeah, he caught a touchdown in the freaking Super Bowl last year. Like, mm -hmm. like this guy, like he's still a high, like a yeah. high producing athlete. It's it's not like it's not like he's like like this grizzled vet who's like barely able to hold no, on. No, exactly. Anymore. He's he, still he able runs to freaking, such crisp routes. I mean, he's still I can't able remember to which game produce. it was. He, he's running routes that like three quarters of the NFL can't do. And yeah. Yeah, it's he's still able to freaking. He's still able to produce, man, and it's it, it just it just makes you like scratch your head where, where it's like it just feels like he has so much talent, and mm -hmm. just all the off the field crap that you throw at it just makes it so unbearable to watch. Yeah, exactly. Unbearable is a perfect word to describe it. Yeah, it's it's so bad, man. But listen, when it comes to the Bucks, even if AB had to go down, let's be frank, the Bucks still are loaded. Oh, they're so. fine. They're like, fine. And Send plus, more targets I, to my boy Chris Godwin. Get exactly. those numbers up. Oh yeah, you got you're on the Godwin train. Hey, he's wide receiver two for me. Oh my god, who's who's your wide receiver one? Oh, D Hop. Oh my god, dude. Uh, I gotta tell you, my fantasy team this year struggling hard. Just been. Oh, I gotta win out to make playoffs. Really? Oh, dude. Yeah. I've been. I gotta tell you right now. I I had some high expectations and. Just have had some guys that just are not performing to where you thought they were. Mm -hmm. I, I I selected Dalvin Cook, just has not oh. really been, just hasn't been that guy this year. Yep, no, I it, feel you. It's tough. So you know, it's you know, fantasy fantasy is always a kind of an up and down game. I'm usually in better shape than I am right now, but so hopefully I make a major comeback in uh, 2022. Yeah. That that that's, I think this season's kind of a wash for me at this point. Oh boy. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it, I it's gotta tough. win out. I'm I'm looking good, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. And, you know, with whatever happens to Antonio Brown, you know, you, you're going to with him. You really always just kind of have to you're basically on pins and needles the whole time. So we'll, yeah. have to, we'll have to see how this development plays out. But also in NFL news, what I wanted to talk with you about is our Patriots ended up having a heck of a game last night against the Atlanta Falcons. They ended up winning 25 to zip. They I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I'd be surprised if Matt Ryan is walking today. Oh my god! I mean, the, I, the line is just fantastic. I was the, so happy watching that game. Do you ever see an opposing quarterback get beat down so bad you actually feel bad for him? I was I was laughing. It was uh, the mean, second quarter, and I'm I was laughing out loud, sitting on the couch talking to my oh, dad about how just 
embarrassing it is for the for the Falcons. I mean, you know, regard. I mean, here's the thing, Arthur Smith. I mean, whatever whatever they're trying to put together there, you you can you could see the look on his face of, of him of him knowing I'm a first year coach that's about to get fired. I think he's a solid coach, honestly. They I, just, I think there's I think, no one on that offensive line to protect I think Matt Ryan. I, I think he's a solid coach, but unfortunately, the uh, the, NFL, the NFL usually the NFL usually never see they, they never associate you know problems with it being anything but the coach. It's like oh, we need to take out the coach. We need oh, to take out the coach. Absolutely, you got and that's that right. usually how it goes. I mean, listen, Matt Ryan should be in the MVP conversation for having this team even have four wins. It's mm-hmm. remarkable yeah. what he's doing. With <laughs> absolutely, this team. absolutely. It's a, it is a miracle because they. They frankly could they frankly could have like one or they could frankly have one or two if, if I'm being honest with you right now. It's being nice. I mean, based on their performance yesterday, they, the last what four or five days for them have been probably the worst. You know, probably been the worst four or five days I've ever seen for a football team. They they scored three <laughs> against the Cowboys, get shut out against the Pats, and listen, the in my opinion, the Pats didn't even have their best game. Oh, I completely agree with you. Like the I Pats think we saw our defense stand on their head. Offense, Listen, I mean, was solid, but you know, we there's definitely room for improvement with Mac yeah. there. The defense man was. Th- th- Listen, I don't care. Who, I don't care who you're playing. If you're playing an NFL team, getting a shutout in this day and age is mm-hmm. impressive. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if you're playing literally the Jacksonville Jaguars or whoever is you know competing for the number one overall pick. If you're getting a shutout against any team in the NFL, that has to be commended because. Usually, even in even in most blowouts, there's some like there's like some fluke field goal at the end of the game that usually yeah, kind of you know, spoils garbage everyone. time going down. Exactly, some some fourth string quarterback like makes some amazing hail mary play. Look at and Ryan Hoyer last week. He exactly, threw a touchdown. Yeah, he got, got Jacoby Myers first. So yeah. it, it it happens. It happens in so many games. But the fact that they were able to get the shutout and be as dominant as they was on, as they were on mm-hmm. defense just speaks volumes about this team. I mean, they got they had four picks uh, split amongst J.C. Jackson, Devin McCourty, Kyle Van Noy, and Adrian Phillips. Now I know a couple of those were in essentially garbage time, but for the majority of the game, it was actually relatively close. Close. It was within two scores for the majority yeah. of the game. And you know, you think about it. I think that it. Uh, you know, JC and Devin had had them earlier in the game, but you know, Kyle Van Noy had the pick six, which essentially at that point was just, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the game there. The coffin was closing. That yeah. was the final. That was just the final nail. nail it, yep. it it just said, all right, we're done. We're, we have you guys have no shot now. And mm-hmm. then and then, I mean, that final stretch for the Falcons was some of the ugliest football <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. I mean, oh, they, it was terrible. Matt, they they get Matt Ryan out because they're trying to save his life, and and they oh, bring in good John. Thing. Dude oh my god, die out there. Yeah, then they bring in Josh Rosen. I'm, I'm just like, oh, Josh Rosen, you know, he's kind of had a rough go. Oh, you knew a pick was coming the second you saw I, Rosen walk on the field. I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I saw Rosen. I, I was like, you know what? Maybe you could build some value, have a garbage time kind of, you know, drive. I Listen, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, maybe more optimistic than I am. I'm like, maybe you can put some stuff together, maybe establish himself as a backup somewhere else and, you know, get, mm-hmm. get a contract. Nope. Just first, first pass <laughs> literally looks like a shortstop going over second base by sidearming that crap right in the yep. band noise arms. That was, that was terrible. And then, and then, and then the, Fal- then the Falcons have the audacity to say, all right, that, that didn't work. Let's get this guy Felipe Franks. And they bring this guy out there. I'm, I'm, and I'm, he, I'm, he is a baseball player, by the way. He came in as a baseball player. Was he actually? Yes. Oh my God. I love Don't that quote song. me on this, but I believe he was selected by the Red Sox. Well, I mean, listen, man, team's still open for it. I mean, it doesn't look like football's <laughs> working out. I mean, listen, Fenway, if Fenway might be calling your name, man. I don't know. He was a late round pick, is my math is correct. Let me I mean, uh, let me give this a quick Google search. All right. Yes, I mean, he was a Red Sox pick. 2019 MLB draft and 31st round. What what was he? Um, I want to say he was a shortstop. And I'm correct. He was. He was a shortstop. Listen, Felipe, we might be moving to we might be moving bogey to second soon, depending on how things go. Listen, uh, it doesn't look like football is the ultimate. He threw a nice dart right to Phillips. (laughs) Oh, it was a it was um, was a magnificent dart. So listen, man. Come over to baseball. You don't need to worry about any about throwing to any defenders. You're, you're just throwing to your guys. So you yeah. know if you want if if you want to hit come Bob over right in the glove. Exactly, hit him right in the glove because I mean you, you have to hit Bob right in the glove. You can't hit him anywhere else because oh, uh, uh, so, some bad things could happen if you don't hit Bob right in the glove. <laughs> so you have to watch out for that. So listen, man, the opportunity is still there. Please, Felipe Frank, come over to baseball. We'll, we'll take you in with loving arms. You'll probably be better for, than Franchi Cordero. Oh. Yeah, that, that, that one still get that one still irks me. But 
uh, kind of getting back on the paths. So we'll touch on the Red Sox and, and some other things, you know, in baseball in a little bit. But, you know, as I was saying, the offense wasn't anything to really scoff at. Mm-hmm. You know, Mac Jones, he had a nice touchdown to, to Nelson Aguilar. It was a that, that was a nice ball. But he also had, he also had a kind of he also had a kind of not so great pick. And yeah, I, I think that's on John o. Smith there. I hate to get on the guy because I think he's a solid player. He, is. he just doesn't like seem to fight for the ball. He just seems like he kind of goes through the motions and the routes. Yeah. Like when the when the throw came, he just kind of watched it and just looked at it. He didn't try to stop the pick. He just kind of watched it. He, he's done that before. I want to say it was the Texans game. It was the game he had all the drops. I can't recall which that game was that was. The Saints game. That was the Saints game. Well, the Saints game. Yes, that's exactly it. Yeah. He just doesn't seem to fight for the pass. I love the guy. I think he's a great yak kind of guy. The second he gets hit, yards after carry, boom, he's good there. But he oh, just yeah. doesn't fight for the throw, and that, that drives me insane. It, it drives me nuts, too. I, he just hasn't really materialized since he's been here. Hunter Henry, on the other end, mm-hmm. has been oh, – he's, he's been nails for us. I've loved him since he came out of Arkansas. He was on every fantasy football team of mine. I got to give my grandfather so much credit when uh, I, I thought he was Alabama. No, Arkansas. Okay. And then I might be, I might be confusing with someone else, but I remember. Smith, my, you thinking of? Maybe. Yeah. 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 I might be thinking of Irv Smith for some reason, but I remember my grand, my grandfather, who is a huge college football guy. He like, he like knows everyone in, in the freaking thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I, he's like, he's amazing with it. And he he ended up saying he ended up saying to me, oh, there, there's this guy Hunter Henry. He's he's a beast. And I remember like I remember I, I was just like I was like oh like okay. He ended up saying oh he's gonna be the next Gronkowski. He's like gonna be the next tight. Oh yeah, like, he's gonna be the next great tight end. The he Pacers was fantastic, team. fantastic, fantastic in college. Exactly, and he he was saying oh oh the Pats are gonna the like a team like the Patriots would love a guy like this if they could get their hands on him. I was like I was like I believe I mean, he came out a couple years after the Hernandez arrest, I should say. And I, yeah. he was projected to go to the Pats, but the Chargers actually traded up in the second round to get him. Yeah, and and he had a he had a career with the Chargers that was like fine. I mean, he had he had yeah. his, he had his ups and downs, but I think at got times got he couldn't stay healthy. I think if he stayed healthy, you'd be seeing the Hunter Henry we're getting now that would have been on the Chargers. Yeah, because Hunter Henry now is outstanding. I mean, he he had a slow absolutely. start here in New England too, but he is absolutely just taken off with us. Mm-hmm. And I, I love what he's been able to do. But Mac Jones, he had like what 200 passing yards in this game. Wasn't anything really crazy. First I mean, half was great. I want to say he had 196 yeah. yards. And yeah. the second half kind of fizzled out. I think that was kind of the way the game was going, though. It was yeah. just gonna kind of be a hard nose smash mouth football game. Yeah. So listen, I, I I think that you know, he ended up, you know, being a game manager and doing that for the second half. Yeah. And listen, that's, it, that's it, really it, all you can ask for. I mean, it, I was happy with it. And I mean, listen, it got the job done and listen, the Falcons. You know, when they're performing like that, that's fine. But I just, I just know in when it comes to, I just know when it comes to us playing the Titans in, you know, what, 10, mm-hmm. t- nine, 10 days from now, we're, we're going to have to bring a little more emphasis. Oh yeah. I think we're going to see a different Mac Jones for that game. That's what I I'm think hoping. He's going to be a little more than a game manager. That, that, that's what my hope is. Cause I, I think they saw what the Falcons are bringing. They kind of just packed it in. So yeah, I hope, exactly. So I, 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 I think hope that kind of fit the game better. Yeah, I hope Matt can turn it on a little bit more against the Titans. That that's my hope. Uh, but another another big guy who really impressed me in the game was uh was Ramondre Stevenson. He only had 69, 69 rush yards. But listen, when when you give that man the ball, he is a human oh. wrecking ball. And I remember I remember like seeing I remember seeing that we drafted this guy and I looked up his game film as soon as we drafted him. And mm-hmm. I was immediately through the through the roof when I saw this guy because I, I was like, he's LeGarrette Blunt 2.0. Yeah, exactly. That was his thing coming out of college. I followed them a little bit. I'm a big Oregon fan. I'm a big oh, nice. college football fan as it is. So yeah. Oklahoma, I watched a little bit of. He he stuck out to me. He definitely did. I yeah. don't know. He was referred to as the mini blunt. So I was <laughs> pretty sick. happy with it. I knew I, I knew about him a little bit. Yeah, I didn't really I, expect the Patriots to draft him, but I was thrilled. Yeah, no, I I really love him so far. I. I think that Bill is still in the process of kind of handing over the keys to him officially and, and, mm-hmm. and, be, and, yeah. and, be, and being like, Hey, you're our guy. Let's go. Cause the, you know, they still got Damian Harris, who is obviously great for us, yeah. but when, when they, when it gets to a high leverage situation, they can, you know, actually give it to Ramondre Stevenson and have him go. I will, I cannot wait. I, I honestly think we're, we're good with both backs. I don't think either back's really going to hurt us. I agree. I know Stevenson. I just love seeing him with a stiff arm. Reminds me of Grant throwing people I- out of the club. I love it so much. Oh, I freaking Gronk throwing people called. I I love that so much, man. Oh, I think I, it's a testament to Bill. Everyone the the book on him was oh he can't draft he can't sign players now. I mean and I mean you look at this game. Kyle Duggar had played played his 
best game of his career, I'd want to say. He shut down Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts only caught two balls when Duggar was covering him. You look at Phillips, he got a pick. You think of Van Noy. Van Noy had two sacks. He had the pick six. Meanwhile, yeah. the Dolphins are paying him to play for us. Yeah. We brought him back. That's that's another you got to give Bill credit there. You look at Mac, you look at Stevenson. That's literally Bill took over, and you're Bill, seeing the fruits of his labor this, in this. In game. my opinion, in my opinion, this was Bill's best draft in you know probably five six years probably. Oh, I you think know, I think you could even argue this could turn out to be the best draft of his career because he ended up getting what Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and Barmore. Mm-hmm. Who he's, I'm also really high on Ronnie Perkins too. He's really? getting the red shirt year, but he was fantastic in college. He's definitely really raw. That's why he's getting the red shirt year, but he has really good moves. I think you got to watch out for him next year. He kind of strikes me as like a Dietrich wise kind of guy. If you look at wise, he had a red okay. shirt year too. And now yeah. look at him. So if Perkins can be wise, that's a, that's a steal of a draft class. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, this could end up being like one of Bill's best draft classes. And I, I am one of the guys, I am kind of one of those guys who's always kind of been skeptical of Bill. I've, 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 mm-hmm. I've always, I've always just been like, I don't really know you know, if he can get it right. This one, I think that he really got a lot right. And, you yeah. know, bar, barring injury, I think that he's in, that he's in great shape. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I always I follow the saying, and Bill we trust, and in Bill I trust. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, that, that that's, some, that, that's basically what we have in NFL news for you guys tonight. Moving on into NHL news. And I know I don't talk about NHL on this show nearly enough, you guys. So I'm glad that I'm going to be able to discuss it on the show. I actually... You know, it was actually one of the main topics on my last show, which uh, for anyone who listens is very surprising because my hockey knowledge is essentially I wasn't here for it. Yeah, I know. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry, man. My, my hockey knowledge sucks. So I ended up having to, you know, kind of rely on others to do it. I mean, I, I'm rocking the Bruins tonight, rocking the pasta yeah, jersey. Like to so listen, obviously a huge Bruins fan myself. I love watching them. Uh, but, you know, in NHL news, which I'm glad to talk with you about is, you know, the Bruins schedule, which I, I, I wasn't really – I. I had heard rumblings about this and it wasn't something that I truly understood how it was working. I mean, I know that NHL obviously is a very, very aggressive sport and guys and guys are, you know, need, need to kind of recover. I think, I don't think I, I, in my opinion, I think they need more load management than guys that are in the NBA, but when oh, I, absolutely, but when I was hearing about the way that this Bruin schedule is coming out, it is, it, it's ridiculous. So I, Cam, I'll actually let you kind of take the lead with this one. I mean, it's it's asinine what they're doing. The, so the Bruins last played Sunday night, and they don't play again till Saturday night. They have that. That's the ideal work week. I love that. Kid of oh yeah, but for hockey players, it, it so, sounds like it sounds like they're playing in the NFL. Yeah, literally, they have a they have a bye week. What? There's no such thing as a bye week in the NHL when it's on a regular schedule. There is a bye week, however, this isn't their scheduled bye week. So this it's it might be great for them now. You know, they got to do a little charity event and going shopping for underprivileged kids at Target. I don't know if you saw that. That was on their Instagram stories. Oh, that's that's awesome. a big thing they do yearly, but yeah, they awesome. can do that when they're still playing games. They don't yeah. need five, six days off. It's yeah. really going to just hurt it in the back end when so, they're fighting for a playoff spot and they have pretty much back-to-backs almost every night for their last month of the season. That's yeah. asking for injury there, but but we have, the, we have a whole week off in the beginning of the season. Yeah, so what exactly – do you know exactly what prompted this? Was this due to COVID? Was this just like bad? It was scheduling? just the schedule makers that no one seems to understand it. The Bruins players don't like it either. I mean, it's going to hurt them down the road when they're fighting for their playoff lives because they don't look too good this year. Yeah. It's a different topic. They're fighting for their playoff lives down the line and they don't have any breaks to rest and recover. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it also kind of makes you wonder, like, like, listen, a lot, you know, for, for some teams, there's, there's, you know, ups, there's, you know, pluses and positives and negatives for, you know, having time off one, one, you're able to recoup, you're able to, you know, refresh. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and essentially you could hit the ice hard and, you know, go out there and play your next team. But at the same time, you can get cold because you're not, because you're not, you know, yeah. getting that, you're not getting that game action. And I know, again, these guys are professional athletes. They've, and for many of them, they've been doing it all of their lives. So I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that the Bruins are going to go out there and forget how to play freaking hockey of course i'm not saying that no no you're absolutely right the the beginning of the year is the same thing you saw it in the beginning of the year they i think they had only played like two or three games and i think three quarters of the league had played seven so they're getting all this time off the beginning and you know what it's they're not they're not frosty but i mean first periods are a little slow you don't have your legs when you're playing hockey you need the legs and everyone else has their legs so i don't understand why the schedule is like this that's pretty much the sentiment with every Bruins beat reporter, Bruins fan, Bruins player. It just seems like they kind of tried to screw the Bruins this year. 
yeah, I'm going to be really interested to see how this plays out later down the stretch. And mm-hmm. if the Bruins just kind of get gassed down the stretch and, and guys, you know, really just, are, you know, can't, can't stand that final stretch. If this will be a topic that is revisited, if they, you oh, know, I, I definitely think it will be, I mean, I definitely not, do. not if they don't make the playoffs. Cause I think that they have a good shot of still doing oh, so. They, I think they're a playoff team. Yeah, maybe exactly. a wild card or a three seed, something like Exa- that. Exactly. But. Yeah. But if it affects them at maybe even going into playoffs and they just aren't able to, you know, recover and get and get the, you know, health and treatment that they need. How I'm wondering if this will be something that is revisited. Yeah. Oh, I, th- I think we're going to see it coming down the line. It's yeah. just everyone's so physical in hockey. You try to play through it, but there's times where you can't and it destroys your legs. It just seems asinine for them to do this. And then at the end of the year, they have almost back to backs for the last month. It yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's so freaking weird. Cause I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not the biggest load management guy. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to have guys playing back-to-backs and like every other, like whenever, and like do stuff like that, obviously not. But you know, when, when you see guys having like four, five freaking six days off and it's not like a scheduled bye week it's like, yeah. what is going on? No, I, it doesn't make sense. Uh, that's the sentiment from every hockey fan. I know it just seems like they were out to get the Bruins. If I do say so myself. I mean, what, what's going to, why are they prompted to get the Bruins this year? What did we do to them? Like, <laughs> like, 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 like we weren't even in the cup this year. Like we, we didn't even make the cup final. Like, like what's going on? I mean, I mean, meanwhile, the lightning can put a bunch of players on long-term IR. Oh my God. And win the cup. Jesus. Yeah. No, that's a sore subject with me. Yeah. I I mean, another sore subject that I got to ask you about is the play of our goalies this year. So listen, I I know we brought an Olmark and then who else did we bring in? So we have Swayman who called up last year. Yeah. We still got Swayman and then we brought in the Olmark. I know. Yep. So what is going on? So yeah, Tuka Tuka is is he still just a free agent? Like just yeah, no. he's a free agent. He's coming back from hip surgery, so he I don't think yeah. he's ready to play yet. Yeah, he so was seen talking... on Warrior Ice Arena, you know, practicing, getting back to playing speed. But I still don't think he's ready. So he is a so he is practicing on. He has a free agent. Ice? Yeah, he can sign with any team he wants. But he's practicing. His... But he's practicing on Boston's ice. Yes, he lives in Boston, so yeah. that, that was kind of to, to be seen. But okay. he's he's been on the record saying he will only play for the Boston Bruins. But lately, there's rumors coming out that maybe the Oilers are interested in him. Interesting, yeah. I mean, listen, while our goalies, I mean, I know I know we spent some money on goalies this offseason, mm-hmm. and it was something, and it had caught a lot of people by surprise. But I know that there's been some inconsistency over there, and you know, I think we brought Olmark in from what Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo actually. Yeah, and I think I, he was uh, five by five. Yeah, so a five million AAV wasn't too bad. We didn't really spend that much on him when yeah, you look and, at the rest of the league's goalies yeah. around. And I know a bunch. I know a bunch of people. I, I guess the argument what with with people with people saying was that oh he may have allowed a bunch of goals, but he was playing for the Sabers, so you know in mm-hmm. the Saber in the Sabers suck. So there were more. He was put in bad opportunities, and he. Yeah. I, I know he's kind of had a bit of a shakier start since he's gotten with the Bruins. So, uh, in your opinion, do you want Rask back if he if he could get healthy, or how do you feel about about this? You know, I'm really torn on that topic. We we yeah. signed Allmark. I actually liked Allmark in Buffalo. Yeah. I think I know you're not a fan of underlying numbers, but I think underlying numbers can tell you a lot. If okay. you look at his save percentage, not so much his goals against, because all the goals against were not good, just because you're playing yeah. behind the savers. But when you yeah, look I at mean, his save, I mean, listen, you're essentially playing with a peewee team at that point. Oh, that's being it, generous. It, you're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> yep. I, I was a fan of the signing at the time. I, I'm not quite sure what happened to him. He doesn't look like himself. All of a sudden, I really like Swayman. I'm a big Swayman fan. I liked him when he was coming out of Maine. I think he's just a great guy to have around. I think Olmark, him and Olmark are best friends. If you if you kind of look into it, they have the little post game hug that they get all excited for. So I don't think we get rid of Olmark, and I think Swayman's the future. I I, so I, I will say this: I, back Tuka. Yeah, there's not I, really space for him. We yeah. could use his play though. So yeah, I, I will say this: I I will say I, I actually did I actually did see Swayman down the stretch. I like what he can bring to the table. I mean, he looks mm-hmm. like he's able to freaking stand on his head and like and you know and not not in like a not in like a bad sense. Like he seems like he can actually like go out there and just like you know. Oh, like he's he's, a, he's capable of stealing games for you, no question ex- about it. Exactly. He he is so freaking flexible. Like he is. Uh, I mean, he has he's like, insane. He's not. He's not your typical goalie yeah. either. Like Tuca was a I've big seen. butterfly goalie. He kind of likes to stand up. He flexes the the glove, his blocker. He's not a big butterfly goalie, and that's something I like. I don't love butterfly goalies. I was on Rask a lot. I think Tuca 
there's there's no doubt about it. He was one of the best goalies in franchise history. Yeah. I'm not sure he fits the new style of hockey. He's quite honestly one of the worst shootout goalies I've ever seen. <laughs> and Swayman isn't. Swayman's good at that. So I don't know. It's hard to argue. Tuca had a great year last year, minus the playoffs. So yeah. it'd be nice if we had Swayman to play like Tuca, but I'm not particularly sure I want Tuca back. Yeah. I don't know. It's a catch 22. He was great with the locker room too. Everyone in the locker room loved Tuca. So I, I don't know. It's yeah, a really I mean, a tough question. Yeah. I guess another guy too, that is being questioned about a possible return would be uh Krejci. I know that he did announce that he he's going to play with what his, uh, it, like, yeah, he played with his hometown Czech team. Yeah. So he's going to play with his hometown Czech team. There are some speculations that, that, that when their season ends that he could, you know, at, he, he ended up saying, I guess, in his farewell address that he, he ended up saying, oh, this isn't a goodbye. And, you know, that, that's that usually comes from any player that's stepping away, just being like, this isn't this isn't a goodbye. I'm going to be involved in the city. I'm going to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But everyone took it as a sense of, oh, he may not be officially done as a Bruin. Do you think that there's any chance that if the Bruins are in need of some help down the stretch that David Krejci could make a return? Well, I'll give you a little spoiler alert. We do need help already. Yeah, I, I listen. I know. I know. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, if we already need help already, but I know I, I don't think we can bring Krejci over until a little bit later, but yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when we can. Yeah. I know if we bring him over uh, once the season's over, he's going to be subject to waivers, which that's really not a problem. Any team that claims him, he's just going to say, I won't play for you. I do think we see Krejci back, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, you saw it with Mike Fisher, they retire and they just come back for the playoffs. Yeah, and I think if we're in good shape, you know, if Krejci's still healthy, he decides, hey, you know, my season's over in the check. My my team needs me. If we can make a deep playoff run, I'll join you. What would be ideal is if he doesn't have to go through waivers. So another team can't just claim him to block him from getting to us. Mm-hmm. But I do think you see Krejci coming back. He was such a big part of the team, the locker room, the city. I I. I I'm convinced. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm a Bruins homer, but you saw it happen with Mike Fisher. I, he's too invested in this team to not come back. I think. Yeah, I I really want to see Krejci back as well. I I he's just he's one of the he's just one of those guys that you grew up with. So I mean, mm-hmm. listen, I I just want to see him back on this team just for the pure sake of it. So I hope that he does end up making a return. Yeah, he had great chemistry with Hall once they traded for him. Hundred percent. I don't want to oh, get on those guys. Either. Those guys were amazing get together. Yeah, I like Coyle. I think he's a great third line center. He's not a second line center. He really can't get chemistry going with Hall, which is hurting our second line because Hall isn't a driver himself, which yeah. you, you saw that in Arizona. You saw that in Buffalo. You saw that in New Jersey every year other than his MVP year. He's not a driver. He needs someone to drive and find him where he's going to finish it. And Krejci and him were the perfect pair, I think. You, you saw that just in overtimes, four on four. They were unreal together. It's just oh, yeah. all the open ice. I think Krejci mm-hmm. and Hall were such a good match. And when you listen to Krejci's retirement speech, his main reasons for retiring was that he wanted his kids to experience life in Czech. They've done that. They spent the whole year there. So I think you could definitely see him coming back and live in the States. Uh, that's what I'm hoping as well. So, you know, hopefully we get to see uh, the return of David Krejci. That'd be amazing to see. Uh, you know, before we end up leaving NHL news, uh, something really quick that I want to touch on that I ended up actually mentioning in my Wednesday show. If you guys haven't seen that, go go check that out once you're done with this. And that was the decision that uh, of Red Sox owner, uh, principal owner John Henry, making the decision along with Fenway Sports Group to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins mm-hmm. and the implications of that. Uh, how are you feeling about that? I obviously talked about it on my show, but I'll let you talk about it. You know, I'm a little torn. I yeah. personally hate Jeremy Jacobs. I think he's quite literally one of the worst owners in all of pro sports. He yeah. doesn't spend money on the team. He just wants to make money. I would have been thrilled if Fenway Sports Group were to acquire the Bruins, but Jacobs is Jacobs knows he's getting a lot of money from the Bruins, so he'd never sell them. So it's hard to get on Fenway Sports Group for not buying like a hometown team. You know, you have the Red Sox. I understand yeah, yeah, yeah. that the Penguins are a great Great organization. I mean, oh, you look at the I, history there. I, I, I mean, I understand I, why they want to buy that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I already said it during during my show. I, I said as a business decision, I, I can't do anything but commend the deal. I mean, if you can mm-hmm. purchase a team like the oh, Penguins, it's a fantastic business decision. Absolutely. My my decision was my grief with them was just about, you know, you're purchasing. I mean, it's not direct rival, but it's pretty, you know, right. It's right. Oh, yeah. Big it, time. It, it's 2013. I remember exactly. the 2013 Cup run. We hated the Penguins just because that's who we played in the Eastern Conference Finals. And they got a Ginlo when we tried to trade for him. And he chose them. Yeah. I don't particularly have so much of a rivalry with the Penguins as I do say the Maple Leafs, the Canadians. Yeah, 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 obviously. Still, I it doesn't sit well with me, but I totally understand why he did it. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, that, that's my thing. Again, as a business decision, it's fine. But I mean, if it come, if push comes to shove and then the Penguins are like celebrating in TD Garden, you see John Henry up in, up in the opposing like booth, oh, like high-fiving, high that's what I'm saying. And, you know, maybe the Penguins, you know, get a top for, maybe the, you know, I, I don't know, say, say McJesus gets out there and, you know, is available and, and the pen, the pens outbid the Bruins. Oh, that's, that's a nightmare for me. <laughs> that, 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 that's what I'm saying. And, and then, and then the next time you walk in the Fenway, the, the guy who, the guy who owns that place is the guy who took that guy away from the Bruins. Yep. No, that that would be a oh. that that that's what's wrong. Put that with thought me. in my mind. Yeah. So if freaking McDavid gets gets away from gets away from freaking Edmonton, and you know the Bruins and the Bruins and the Penguins, it comes down like just some dream scenario, and or mm-hmm. could be a essentially nightmare scenario as well. Comes down to yeah. it, and the Penguins, because of all this new money in their revenue, are able to outbid the Bruins, and it's just like, uh, I mean, that, that's just a punch in the gut. Yeah. I, hey, the, the Penguins right now, they're barreling towards a rebuild. You yeah. look at it, they're, they're a bunch of old bodies. They yeah. still got Sid and Gino. Hey, if he if Henry wants to uh, make good with the uh, Red Sox fans, he could send Sid our way and we could have uh, <laughs> a re- redo with the uh, Canadian Olympic line. We'll get Sid, oh my God. Bergie, and Marshy on the line one. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That all day long. I love that so It'd much. It'd be a nice peace offering I'd accept. Oh, I mean, listen. If I mean, I, I'd I'd heavily appreciate that peace offering. I'll even take Gino if he really wants. <laughs> I mean, listen, I'll, I'll I'll do whatever. But yeah, ah, <laughs> oh, but no. So I mean, again, as a, as a business decision decision, you you got to commend it. I mean, listen, the man's the man's going to spend his bread and do what he and do what he has to do. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, well, I do think that it has some potential downsides of you know how much money he can invest in the Red Sox. You know, he's he's come out and said that and said that doesn't affect it. Well, I think otherwise, but yeah, uh, that, it definitely does. <laughs> but yeah, that kind of concludes what I have in NHL news. However, so uh, before we do go, Cam, I want to talk some baseball with you, and I know that I know yeah. that you're I know that you're a baseball guy, so I wanted to Big talk. Baseball it with, guy. I wanted to talk some baseball with you, and you know, I, I had mentioned the Red Sox during the show. Any any updates? Let me give it a check. I don't think so. The Yankees made a trade, but really, what 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 they? Yeah, it was just it was just a clear forty man room. Oh, actually, look at this. We just got a big news here. The Yankees DFA'd Clint Frazier and Rugnet Odor. And Rugnet? Oh shoot! Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I was super high on Clint too. The Yankees, the franchise ruined him, but yeah. Damn, that, I would find picking them up. That's actually some. That's actually some pretty decent news. I mean, that that might fly under the radar when some of the bigger free agent news comes in. But you know, Rugnet Odor, you know, was you know kind of a big piece that they were trying to go after and and get. You know, I know that his average may have suffered at, at times, but you know, also his beard suffered as well. But <laughs> uh, hey, but he was no. a star with the Rangers. Just, oh my God! But so so they those signed energy- him to an inflated contract, didn't work, and the Yankees took over. Yeah, so th- those are actually some pretty th- th- those are actually some pretty decent deals. I'll be interested to see how that how that breaks out and where those guys go later on uh, this off season. But what I want to talk about you with you mainly in MLB news was the fact that the the MVP awards were announced last night. And mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately, with baseball, they have like the worst timing for announcing for announcing things. Ugh. I I I like I I know with I know with them. I I think they announced the Gold Glove ceremony during the middle of during the middle of like Sunday night football. Yep. Right in the middle of Sunday night football. Uh, so I'm, absolutely I'm, no one was watching the gold glove ceremony. I'm, I'm just like, listen, it, it, not everyone has MLB network in general and no one's in, mm-hmm. you know, people, people may not tune into this thing anyways, but so it, it's already a tough market to get, but when you're compete, when you're uh, having an award ceremony competing against the number one rated football, football broadcast in the nation, it, yep. it just makes, it makes you scratch your head and just like, it, it just like, it makes it's it makes clear. Good... It's clear the commissioner just Rob doesn't just... care about growing the game. He he's no. he's pretty much said like it's not going to change. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. And I don't know if you listen to starting nine. Dallas Braden puts it perfectly. The yeah. commissioner isn't interested in advancing the game. No, for whatever not. reason, he doesn't think it's a good idea. I, I think start... you look at the NFL's model, the NHL's model. Do it all in one night. You know the NFL Honors Award show. I watch that every year. It's a great yeah. show. Yeah, they do a good job producing it. Exactly. Exactly. ML, MLB, they hold it. They they hold it. I know, but in like Secaucus, New Jersey, or wherever the hell they hold it. Honestly, they, I couldn't even tell you where they hold it. It's they, they hold it in like some basement. They get like no one to show up. It's all mm-hmm. virtual, and it just it's just like it's the entire presentation of it is just sad. Yeah, it really is. It looks like a high school's production, honestly. Exactly. It looks like it could be like my local like DVC All Stars Award. Yep, that's wow. that's a perfect way to put it. I'm just like, I'm like, this is it. This is all you guys do. It just looks like they have better cameras, to be frank. 
That that's yeah. it. Meanwhile, and, you got Shohei Otani winning MVP. Yeah. That that right there should be such a marketing point. You have someone breaking records that haven't been done since 1900s. Babe Ruth is the last person to do what Shohei Otani's doing. Yeah, he won MVP unanimously, and we're showing it in a little basement, and no one has any idea it's even going on. Exactly. So that that yeah yeah so that was what happened with the Shohei Otani award. So he ended up winning the the award unanimously over uh, over Vlad Guerrero Jr., which actually was shocking. The fact that Vlad didn't get a single vote. I mean, listen, I wasn't surprised. I didn't see him getting any. Listen, listen, Shohei Shohei obviously had an amazing year, and I expected him to win the MVP. But the fact that Vlad got none. I mean, listen, Vlad tore up the league this year. He was oh he was he was a beast. Absolutely. I mean, mean, but he didn't take the ball every six days. No, exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I I get the fact that that Otani literally is changing the game of baseball right now, but I am shocked that it didn't, that he didn't get a singular vote that that is, that was the shocking point to me. And then obviously over in the NL Bryce Harper ended up winning the MVP award for his respective league. And that's a crazy story in and of itself, because the man didn't even make the all-star team this year. No, I mean, the, the NL was kind of, you couldn't go wrong picking any of the three. I was more on the Soto train. I think Soto had a better season just because of what was around him. It was easy to pitch around him. You look at the final, I can't recall who it was. It was a series before the Red Sox. I think he walked more times than any to- any series previously. It stayed, no one wants to pitch to Soto, and that's what made him so good, is that he still had that average. He still had all those homers when people were pitching around him because the rest of the lineup was a bunch of AAA players. Yeah, I mean... So, so you were on the Soto train? I was definitely. Okay. So, so that's one of the interesting things for me. So I, I, uh, before I do get into this, I have like a kind of a funny Bryce Harper story. So I ended up before he, you know, really went on the tear this year, I actually went to, uh, Actually, I went, ended up going to a Mets game over in New York this year. I, my brother was playing over there for some baseball tournaments. So nice. ended up ended up going into New York, ended up catching. It was actually a DeGrom game. And it was like, oh, when DeGrom, lucky you. it was when DeGrom was in the middle of like his historic run. Mm-hmm. And like, and everyone thought he was going to break Bob Gibson's record and do and do all that stuff. So like, it was like that when I ended up finding out I was going to a DeGrom star, I remember I was like freaking out. Cause like, it was like oh, right when he, and that's awesome. It, yeah. You want to know the thing too? It was the game, right? It was, it was the game where he gave up the run, like for the first time in like that, th- those 30 something innings too. So, oh, I was like, so, I was you're, like, so you're not allowed to go to any more DeGrom games. I was like, you gotta be joking with me. And dude, that was, that was sick. Cause I, like, man, it was warmups. The man is walking out to the bullpen. He was getting MVP chance. Mm-hmm. Oh, deservedly was. so too. Because he he was just he was just being a beast at the time. And I remember seeing the game, and we were actually in right field, so we were just like watching Bryce Harper the entire time, which was the funniest part. And the, so many Mets fans heckled the ever loving crap out of the man. I remember one one guy was calling him stuff that I just can't call him on the air, uh, <laughs> like literally. And they like, it, have you ever just seen a cartoon where where you hear someone like shout something in the distance? Hey, I was the. Uh... Red Sox like, playoff game where Altuve made those errors. I know yeah. exactly what the fans are shouting. Yeah, and it, it, it you would literally just hear like you just hear like a very distant "you suck." Like it's like so it's yep. hilarious. Like when when you hear this stuff going down, and it it it, it can get pretty vulgar. It can get pretty brutal. I mean, stuff that Big I time. definitely don't. Stuff like I don't, even though I'm even though this is a podcast and I'm not on radio, still stuff that I just can't say on air. Uh, but uh, there there was there were so many. You know, Bryce Harper, obviously, uh, actually another funny moment from that game as well is, you know, obviously not on Bryce's part, but he ended up, uh, I think, rolling his ankle or getting injured during the game. So he ended up leaving the game Mm -hmm. and the Phillies ended up bringing uh, in Jankowski to play right field for them. And he and he was playing right field. And like the guy, the guy was like saying something like Bryce the entire game to the, to the effect of like, Hey Bryce, like, Hey Bryce, you suck. And like, it was like, he would say other stuff in between. I'm not going to say what he actually said, but, but when, uh, but when that guy came out here, he, 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 this guy, he didn't heckle number nine. He, he just said, he just said, Hey, number nine, tell Bryce. He's, he sucks. The man, the man did not even, ha- the man didn't has, the man didn't even want to heckle this guy. He just wanted to heckle Bryce like so uh-huh. badly. I, I, that was the best part. But at the end of the day, Bryce kind of got the last laugh. Yeah. Yeah. So, Honestly, I, I'm not super, I, I'm a big Bryce Harper fan. I've, I'm, yeah. I tend to bandwagon the nationals. So that's kind of why I like uh, Soto over Harper, but I, yeah. I do love Bryce Harper. That you couldn't go wrong picking him for the MLB uh, for the MVP either. 
Yeah. Again, so, it was just a toss up. Yeah. So regardless of so regardless of Harper and and Soto, w- one of the interesting things that I saw was with either award was that none of the finalists even like it, it wasn't even like it wasn't even that, that the winner didn't didn't make the playoffs. N- yep. None of the none of the three finals from either league were on teams that made the playoffs this That's year. That's correct. And that's something to me that doesn't exactly sit right. Because, listen, you can make the case for Mike Trout earning his MVP awards in certain years over others where he just goes off and statistically is the best player in all of baseball. But when you talk about the MVP, the most valuable player award, and it's given to and all of the six finalists are on are on teams that did not even play effectively in October. That doesn't exactly sit right with me. I feel like they're. You have to have one that that at least represents a team that's playing on October. I when my when my friend Pat Edwards ended up finding out that I uh, you know another another kid who's been on the show before when he ended up mentioning that uh, when he ended up finding out that they that no one had made the playoffs he he ended up saying what about what about a guy like like Paul Goldschmidt hit hit near hit two I think hit two ninety four at thirty one home runs and mm-hmm. was a key piece for the Cardinals making making their push into the wild card this year. He looked sure. at other I, guys. I definitely think you could have made a case for Goldie. I also sent to Van Wagen the Diamondbacks. So yeah. I was a huge, huge, huge Goldie fan. Yeah. I, this is definitely a, a case. I personally, it, I'm more than okay with uh, none of them being on playoff teams. I think it's yeah. not the best playoff team or it's the most valuable player. You can still be the most valuable player to your team or to the whole league and not be in the playoffs. Yeah. So and I, yeah. And I, I agree. I agree with you there that, that there are more, that they're the most valuable person in the league. And I think that with none of them making the playoffs, you don't have to deal with a situation like with Mike Trout versus Mookie Betts, I think in 2016, where Mike Trout was on like a, what, a 78 win baseball team. And Mookie Betts was the powerhouse of the Red Sox offense, you know, leading them into the playoffs in a charge. And Mike Trout wins literally Mookie Betts literally had every other stat on Mike Trout besides war and Mike Trout won. So, I I mean, listen, that's what you're seeing now. I mean, that's kind of why I'm glad Harper won. Because yeah. in the past, it had been the MVP award. It's just a war award. It was the best war. They were actually talking about that today on Starting Nine. I was listening to it. So that's why I'm glad Harper won in that sense, because I believe Soda did have the higher war, but Harper had the better numbers. Yeah, it's, so I, I'm glad about I, that. I think war is a not ideal stat. There's definitely things you have to put into consideration there. So I'm yeah, glad I, Harper won in that sense, because yeah. war is something that's not always perfect. Yeah. I have, I have, uh, for lack of a better word, gone, gone on a war against war uh, be, for for the majority of this show because I, I just don't think it ac- accurately reflects, you know, how. No, you're how, you're, you're right there. I, I agree with that. Yeah, it, and I mean, definitely got to keep it into consideration. I'm a big underlying oh, numbers fan. Oh, like I mean, I listen, talked about earlier, listen, but war again, isn't. Yeah, it's just not a good stat, I should say. I mean, listen, I think that war and like I've said this like with like with other stats and with other analytics in general, I think that analytics and war it, it are they're they're a good tool. They're not a crutch. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. And when Something when you, you can when use you, to when evaluate you, a player, but that's exactly. not the catch all, I should say. Exactly. When you're trying to decide between like two low level players that maybe what maybe one you have to pay one million and one you have to pay three million. And, you know, you can actually say and you can actually say, all right, how much of a benefit am I actually going to get if I spend the three million on this guy? You can actually make you can actually make a legitimate legitimate judgment. But when it comes down to deciding the best player in all of baseball, I think that there can be kind of a I think some stuff can kind of get uh, overlooked. Yeah, exactly. The MVP award, like I said, the war award. That's not how it should be. It's whoever is the most valuable to your team, to your yes. league. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I listen. I agree with you there. So, you know, I, I, I think, I think that there should have at least been someone that was at least a finalist that that did it. And I mean, listen, the these finalists, they're all decided by the baseball writers who you know vote mm-hmm. for these guys. So oh, the baseball so, writers don't get me started on them either. It, and and I'm I'm just like I'm like none of you guys voted for voted for a guy that actually made the postseason this year. Like none of you guys. I think one guy voted for like Trey Turner, and I and like that was it. Which that, that was kind of out of left field, but. But I'm, I'm just like none of you guys. I, I understood the Trey Turner vote. I think oh, he yeah. was, I, he oh, he's he, definitely listen, someone he, I think you could have made a case for without yeah, a doubt. No, no, he was great. I mean, he got traded, which unfortunately for guys in that consideration, kind of screws some things up with yeah, their stats sometimes. Right there. Yeah, I. But in general, I mean, you know, like there, there, I think that there should have been, you know, at least one guy. You know, one out of six. One out of six. I'm okay with it the way it was. I'm, okay. I, I don't think playoff contentions have something that's required to be an MVP on the, even on the ballot. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, listen, 
it's something that I would want, but listen, I respect your decision there. Yeah. But, no, I, uh, I understand that that's, oh, it's yeah. kind of, you know, it's hard to be a most valuable player on your team when your team's not even in the playoffs. So exactly. Yeah. But before we do go cam, I do want to talk to you about, uh, I do want to talk about the Red Sox and how you feel about them this sure. year. Uh, you know, with, with the off season decisions coming up, what, what do you want to see from the Red Sox? I really want them to address the defense. I okay. I've, been a broken record here i love bogey i think bogey's the heart and soul of the team he is not a capable shortstop on a world series winning baseball team he doesn't have the range and he he's not a bad defensive infielder he's about middle of the road for a mlb i think he's literally right in the middle of the mlb average but his range rate is just so so little i think if we were to move him to second and sign one of the key shortstops i am Quick disclaimer, I'm very, very much out on Carlos Correa. I do not want Correa on this team. I think he'd ruin the culture and everything we have created. And he's just too much. We couldn't sign Mookie Betts, but we could sign Correa. So I'm out on Correa. Back to my original point. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see a Trevor story. Yeah. Uh, you actually with, mentioned you actually mentioned this on the podcast I did with you. I did, yes. I Trevor Story is my number one. He's just I know it's a dream. I'd love to see Story just peppering walls. He, is, he has one of the best pull rates in the MLB. And another thing with Story is we wouldn't have to give up a whole lot to get him. I think of all the free agent shortstop, he's going to be the cheapest. He's coming off not the greatest of years. I, again, that's something you got to be worried about. Definitely the course field effect and everything. But I think he, he's second in all of shortstops and defensive runs saved since 2016, I believe. Correa was number one. Okay. So I think if we put Bogarts at second, Story at short, and Devers at third – that's a middle infield that you could only dream about. Yeah. And that, that right there, I think puts us over the top. Yeah. Something, something else that we had uh, mentioned on your show as well, that when we, when we did it on Tuesday was <laughs> the, was addressing the needs at first base. Now uh, there's, there's no certainty that, that Kyle Schwarber will be making a return here. That is still kind of up in the uh, air. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to call it a certain certainty, but it's been reported heavily that he wants to come back to the Red Sox and the Red Sox will want him back. I mean, listen, it, if it actually happens, great. But that's as, what seems to be the industry thought right now. Is I mean, listen, as do I, if, if he's able to return to the Red Sox, n- absolutely love that. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, with the way, with the way this team is being, with the way this team is being, you know, essentially lined up, lined up right now, if Schorber was to return, he'd be, you know, starting over at first base and JD would be yes. the DH by, you know, all things accounted for. So, you know, I, 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 I don't think that there's anything that we need to do at first base right now because one Schwarber is going to be coming, well, essentially would be coming back, and then you'd have JD at the DH spot, and then yep. you know you have Bobby and and whatnot. But also one thing I'm I'm interested in is uh, Tristan Casas. He's down in AAA right now, pr- got promoted at the very end of the year, so I think that he could be a guy that would be really interesting to watch. Oh, uh, absolutely! I'm I'm very excited for Cassis next year. He's gonna he's gonna take a little time. He has to have he has yeah. to spend a little more time in AAA. I think we see him right around the All Star break. So okay. that puts our timeline perfect. Where if we re-sign Schwarber, we'll have Bob, then we'll have Cassis. So we got three first basemen right there, and then JD's a free agent after next year. I think we let him go. Then we have the future set up. We got Cassis and Bob in a little platoon for first base, which everyone takes over. Great. The other one's the bench player. Then you have Schwarber to be your DH for the for whatever contract he signs, probably be like a three or four year contract. So you'd have Schwarber DHing for the next two or three years after that. Yeah. I think that's an I, ideal situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another guy, too, that before we go, that I want to see uh, get another crack at the big leagues and get another shot is Jaron Duran. I know that he had kind of a rough go of it uh, during this 2021 season, which frankly was kind of disappointing for me. Uh, uh, just for a general reference and question, real quick, where do you where do you live nearby? I'm in Greenville, actually. So, essentially, so how far are you away from Blake Bryant by any chance? Uh, about five minutes. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, you're like right by here. So yes. Uh, so I, I live up. I live up near like uh near like Worcester County. I'm over in Sutton, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. is where okay. I is where I'm typically from. So I'm you know when I'm about maybe like a. 10 to 15 minute drive from polar park the the new red Sox park up there and let me tell you man the buzz that has come from the from the woo Sox has been crazy with amongst you know not 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 even like the local community but the kids in the community as well so uh mm-hmm. and and i'll i'll explain this and, how, and get this back to jaron duran trust me so i ended up working as a summer camp counselor over the summer and i worked with i worked with some uh 
you know, local kids and did some stuff with them. And they were obviously all big sports fans. And man, let me tell you, Jaron Duran was like a trending topic amongst like eight, nine year olds. Like, 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 because, <laughs> because these kids were going to Woo Sox games, seeing this man absolutely tank baseballs out of the park. And, and, and they were basically just going, Hey, this guy's, this guy's the future. And like, they were like, yeah. they were like, they're like analyzing this guy. And I ended up seeing him for myself too. And when you see this man down in AAA, he absolutely launches the baseball and he did it in a way that you didn't see at the major league level. So I'm hoping he's able to, you know, get used to some of the big league pitching and can get another shot. Cause if he can, man, I would, I think that he could be a real big threat for the Red Sox. Yeah. I, I was really high on Duran coming through the system. Yeah. I think once he got to AAA, though, he he looked really, really good. Yeah. But his, again, I know you don't like underlying numbers. I'm a big fan yeah. of underlying numbers. His underlying numbers weren't as good. He didn't have such a good barrel rate. His batting average on balls into play was super high, which that's not something that's going to – like it's eventually going to level off. So you can't really consider that as much. Mm-hmm. I like the kid. I think his speed is completely unmatched. But he needs to oh, cut he, down he, his K rate. He, he can fly. To, Exactly. He, he needs to cut down the K rate. I think he needs to spend more time in AAA. He yeah. looked really good. I know when he started there, he only had like a 200 average for the first, I want to say like 30 games and they started yeah. to heat up. I, I, I mean, I think his floor right now is Scott Podsednik. Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember skipping just a pure speed option, you know, bring him in, steal a bag. Dave Roberts, even you could, you could say, okay. get that stolen bag when you need it. I think his ceiling is definitely – I think he strikes me as a Shane Victorino type guy where he has a little bit of pop in him. He's super fast, can play solid defense, even though we haven't seen him play solid defense yet. He played good defense in, in the polar. Yeah. I, I would be happy with if we can get him to be Victorino, but I'm not super high on Duran. I'd love to flip him in a trade if we could just because yeah, I, I don't think he has that high ceiling. I will say this. it it's looking more apparent that he could be a trade chip now because of the way he mm-hmm. performed at the big league level. I really, I really like him too. I, I want him to get another crack at it, but uh, you may be right there. So that's obviously something that we're going to have to watch out for going forward. So uh, that'll be, that'll have obviously be interesting. Yeah. I, I call me crazy. I, I look at Luis Castillo in Cincinnati. He is an absolute stud young pitcher on a cheap contract. If we could find a way to trade for him, I, I don't particularly care for Hunter Renfro either. I think if we could package Renfro to replace Castellanos in Cincinnati, because I don't think Castellanos is coming back. I think that's yeah. kind of public knowledge by now. Say flip Renfro, sell high on him, just because he's going to be a free agent next year anyway, so it's not like we're going to have him for a long time. Yeah. Sell high on Renfro, include Duran, even Downs, Groom, Mata, just kind of your your guys that you're going to have to put on the 40 man to keep them uh, keep them from being exposed to the rule five draft. If we trade a bunch of those to Cincinnati, along with, you know, a stud prospect, we're obviously going to have to include a lot. I think if we got Luis Castillo, that would solve a lot of problems. Yeah, we have a prospect log jam right now. If we trade a bunch of those prospects that I, I trust Heim, I think Heim knows which prospects are as good ones, which ones yeah. aren't. I think I just I look at Luis Castillo and think that he'd be a perfect match for Fenway. He's a ground ball pitcher. He throws a filthy changeup, one of the filthiest changeups I've ever seen. Yeah, and he keeps it in the ground, which you don't want to get in the air at Fenway because we got a nice little right field, and then we got that green monster. So he's the perfect Fenway pitcher. I think we should do everything we can to trade for him. I think that Duran would be a chip we absolutely would have to trade if we did want Castillo. I mean, listen, Castillo is a beast. So that is something I feel like where I'd be willing to part with Duran on. So, uh, you know, obviously, obviously, Cam, thank you so much for coming on, man. It has been a blast. It has been a blast talking with you. But unfortunately, man, we are now down to the wire, which means that we're going to talk about some of the things that we went over in this episode in kind of a uh, little list off list off format before we send you guys away on your weekend. And obviously, you guys, we welcome Cam Suve onto the show to talk about uh, everything, everything going on in the sports world. We ended up starting with Antonio Brown's fake vaccination card allegation by his by his former chef, which I still can't get over that. Uh, then we went into Pats versus Falcons and the 25 nothing absolute beat down New England through on them. In NHL news, we talked about the Bruins schedule crisis and how it's been just a complete mess so far this season. And also talked about John Henry and Fenway Sports Group buying the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, we additionally talked about other speculations with the Bruins, including Tuka Rask and David Krejci coming back. 
And finally, we ended things in MLB news talking about the MVP race between and the decision of the MVP between Shohei Otani and Bryce Harper uh, being the elected winners and the fact that none of the MVPs actually ended up making the playoffs this year. And obviously to end it all off, we ended up talking about our thoughts on the Red Sox going forward for next year. Cam, it's been a blast having you, man. And I'm so glad to so glad to get you on. Hopefully I can get you on again. Glad soon. to be here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But if you guys are not following down the wire at this point, what the heck are you guys doing? We're available anywhere you guys can find podcasts. We're available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. But the main hub, you guys, that you can reach us through is our Instagram. You can follow that at down.tothewire on Instagram. Again, at down.tothewire. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great weekend. And from, and from DTW, I'm Brian Costa. And I'm Cam Suve. And, well, and we hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care.